0: Are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road riding with you in the sunnier days. I wouldn't
1: want it any other way
0: hello and welcome to episode one hundred and sixty-six of the Carrid Ninja Podcast. I'm your host Corinne Nidja, I erased the first recording of this episode's introduction and now I don't know what to say and Ranjit keeps telling me, I need to, if you don't know who Ranjit is, he's my husband and the podcast editor, producer, guy, he makes it sound good and he keeps saying, Corinne, you need to do better introductions that are scripted and awesome. And I like to just fly by the seat of my pants, guided by my <laughs> guided by my intuition <laughs> and and whatever emotional state that I'm in at the time. That's just me. That very much rubs him up the wrong way. And I'm meant to have a perfect saying about what this podcast is about. But this podcast is about ultimately the Tao. It's about life. It's about healing. It's about hope. It's about. Mindfulness. It's about appreciation, gratitude. It's about transformation. It's about recovery. It's about healing against all odds. It's about women and men and strength and power and internal resources. It's just about a lot of things. (laughs) It's about a lot of things. And I don't know how to encapsulate it. If you have a succinct way of describing what this podcast is about, send it through to me. But to me, it's about the journey of life of heal, of healing of discovery of returning home to yourself and a, i want it to be a space for for positivity for for a glimmer of something more in a culture and a world that it seems like we're constantly marinating in stress hormones fear hatred divisiveness i want it to be a space outside of that a space away from that because those There's there's enough, there's enough, everywhere we turn, there's enough hatred, divisiveness and fear. There's enough, and I, I know because of my work as a social worker, as a Reiki healer, as a hypnotherapist, that our brain is wired by what we take in through our five senses and through our language. And when we're taking in constantly fear and anger and hatred and greed and all of these things we're wiring ourselves to 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 notice that to get into a fight or flight response which has direct impact on our on our eating on our cravings on how we crave high calorie foods when we're in a stressed state when we're anxious when we're fearful we crave high f- Fat foods, high refined sugar foods, high refined grain foods. We crave them because they're high in calories so that we can fight or flee. It's a perfect biology when we had nuts and seeds and whole plant foods as our sources of fuel that were available to us, but now we have an abundance of franken foods, foods that aren't really foods, packaged foods, foods from the service station, from the drugstore, from we call that chemists here in Australia, but you know, from everywhere. So we're have this highly accessible, calorie-dense foods that never used to exist, and we're constantly marinating in fear and stress and anxiety, and hatred and division. So this podcast, to me, is a space away from that. We put that away, and we sit together as as humans and we come together in the hope of hearing something that is positive that is nour- nourishing that is nurturing that is uplifting that is inspiring i i love that i love that because i need it i know after a day or days of just trawling mindlessly on social media or netflix or stan or wherever it is for me that I need a safe place, I need a safe place. This is my safe place. This podcast is a safe place for me when I'm frightened and that it was created out of my desire to have a giant body of interviews that were uplifting, that gave hope where, there, where all hope had been taken away. These stories are those stories. And today on the show... Robin Denning is here. And I stumbled across her on Facebook. And I knew I had to share her story with you all. And I was so excited because her dates aligned, the time zones aligned, we could make it happen super quick. And on school holidays, when I'm finding it very difficult to (laughs) to get organized. So I was very grateful to have her agree to come on the show. She is a she is a health coach, but she is here sharing how she became a health coach, how she became so passionate about about food and healing, so she is here because she has has an incredible health journey, and I say that every week, and every week I really mean it, I really mean it. you know she has overcome so much, including infertility, multiple sclerosis, hypothyroidism, and she's here sharing her story. And if you know someone with fertility issues, it's a great story to listen to, or MS or any of, you know, hypothyroidism. It's a great story to listen to for everyone. These days, Robin is a certified food over medicine instructor. She's a health coach an educator and a yoga instructor. And she will say that for years, she took her own health for granted. And it wasn't until she started having her own battles with fertility and autoimmune diseases that she realized the frustration so many people experience while trying to take control of their own health and to find their own formula for health and happiness. And she knew it can present significant challenges. And so her hope is now that more people can find the same liberation and happiness that she has found through diet and lifestyle changes. And so she supports people to do do so in her private practice, Tula Wellness. So you can find her at Tula Wellness, so T-U-L-A-W-E-L-L-N-E-S dot space www.tulawellness.space online and on Instagram at robin.tula.wellness and on Facebook at Love toolawellness Wellness. She's just an incredible woman and I really loved her three biggest tips. So wait until the end so you can hear Robin's three biggest tips because I always find it fascinating what people's three biggest tips are because sometimes there's a bit of a theme and other times they're quite left of center and just leave me thinking, just really leave me thinking, inspiring me to take a pause when I hear them. So I hope that Robins do that same thing to you where you go, Uh-huh. What a great what a great what a great tip that many of more more of us should adopt and contemplate on our own health journey. So wherever you are today, I hope that you're having a good day. I hope that listening to Robin's story it just adds another log to the fire that is burning within your heart that you, if we can, you can. That Everyone in this show at one time or other has thought, I give up, I cannot take one more step. And then somehow we reach deep within us and we just found just a glimmer of something that helped us move the needle, just a slight edge forward. And I hope that if that's you and you're saying, Corinne, I don't have anything, that you reach out, that you ask someone, that you talk to someone, that you just delete every depressing account on your Facebook page and on your Instagram And turn off the news and delete your Instagram and Facebook. If they're making you depressed, delete them. Only watch uplifting shows, listen to uplifting music and talk to uplifting people for a while. Give yourself a week break. For me, that might be some of the best advice I've ever given that I need to also listen to. So this is something that is ongoing for me. So this year I am taking to buying a regular phone that just makes calls. So I'm going to keep my smartphone for work and certain things like on my runs to have some music, but I'm going to have a regular phone for all the times I'm with my kids and I'm going to put my smartphone away and I'm going to have message phone, boring old message phone for family time just so I can be more present and I'm going to really put strong boundaries around when I use my smartphone. For me, that's what I've decided has to happen going forward. And that when I use social media, it's for an allocated time each day and only that, just to connect with people on social media from my Facebook page or from my group. And that's it. And I think that is the best way for me moving forward. But for all of us, you know, sometimes when we're feeling in that hard place, having a look and saying like what what do i need to let go of that's also adding to me feeling horrendous and a lot of us it is that addiction to our screens and our social media and and, and they're set to keep us divided and filled with fear and uncertainty like that's their <laughs> that's what they're designed to do to keep us engaged because we're highly engaged when we're worried and frightened so we're more likely to use their platforms when we're fearful so they they want us to be fearful so they feed us fear all day so i highly recommend if it's you you know, taking some pause reaching out to people who motivate and inspire you you know reach out to me if you're thinking i don't know anyone but you corinne <laughs> go ahead message me i'd love to hear from you but you know reach out to people reach out to your you know lifeline or beyond blue if you're here in australia or your support services wherever you are in the world or your family members and friends, you know, just reach out and say, you know, I just need someone to hold my hand for this next step. I really want to go whole food plant-based. I really want to start exercising. I really want to, whatever it is, but I need someone to keep me accountable. And that someone can be me if you, if you want that to be me, but that someone could be Robin. She's an incredible health coach. If you're in Wisconsin, in the United States, it can be so many people. It can be your family and friends, your next door neighbor, your dog. It can be your cat. Just ask and you shall receive. If you need someone, reach out. If you need help, assistance, education, resources, anything, there are people all around us. Scroll back through this podcast. You'll find so many different people. If you're thinking, Corinne, you're not for me. You're too loud and you laugh too much. Or there might be Andrew Taylor and his spud fit challenge might be Adam Guthrie and his incredible meal plan and culinary teachings and recipe development you might Adam Guthrie might be your guy you can go to his i feel good website and look at his recipes you can go and see Jenny and Malcolm Malcolm McKay and do one of their immersions. You know, there are so many people on the show. You can email Dr. Michael Clapper and he can give you a a consult on your health. Natalie Woodman can get, guide you through her gut rebalancing protocol. She's incredible. Robin Shooter, she's incredible. She uses EFT and nutrition and all different things, all different modalities to really provide an incredible service to her clients who are wanting to You know, recover their health, lose weight, feel better. She's wonderful. So scroll back. If there's 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 someone for everyone here. There are incredible inspirational people. Josh Lajawny, he has a book Sit Sick to Fit. There is Tim Kaufman and his beautiful wife, Heather Kaufman, and their incredible work that they're doing with their cafe, with their meals, with their cooking lessons, all those kinds of things. They're fantastic. There's Esther beautiful Esther Loveridge, and she has a wonderful group. I think she's episode 175 from memory. She's an inspiration for people who are over 70, for everyone, for me included, but over 70 because she's just feeling better and she's lost so much weight. She was meant to have a knee replacement, two knee replacements. She doesn't need to have them. She's feeling so good within her body. There are so many episodes. Oh, there's plant-based Gabriel. Oh, the list is endless. Please check them out. See what person's work works for you. Go and research them. Find out what their YouTube channel is. Find out what books they've written. Find out what their services are. Follow them. Join the groups. Join Forks Over Knives official group. Join the McDougal group. Join the Whole Food Plant Based Aussies if you're here in Australia. You know, there are so many people to help you and support you on your journey. So, don't be a stranger, join them and help the group and the people in the community hold you accountable so that you can take that one step after the other on your own road to feeling better from the inside out. That's all, it's a big long ramble. I hope you enjoy Robin's story this week. Thank you so much, Robin, for coming on the show. Don't forget to check out tulawellness.space and check out the show notes for photos of Robin and her beautiful kids and for a little bit more about Robin otherwise i'll see you at the end of the episode bye hello robin and welcome to the show hi thank
1: you for having me happy to be here
0: i'm so glad you're here so where are you again
1: i'm in wisconsin us united states in wisconsin
0: and what is the weather like over there right now it
1: is it's pretty cold little snow on the ground not too bad but yeah it's winter here it's usually worse but how is it over there
0: well it's interesting because it's summer here and it's usually hotter so it's it's a weird summer as well where we've had a lot a lot of cold days where I've considered putting the fire on because it's cold enough for a blanket so that's yeah it's interesting it's an interesting summer here and sounds like it's an interesting winter over there
1: yeah exactly it's nice though because we can walk the dog more than normal and all that stuff get outside a little bit more which we love so
0: yeah, I never really contemplated how it would be for, for our family fur fur friends in winter in snow places where it snows because yeah, they can't go out. Yeah, I mean they
1: like to he likes to she likes to go out and play, but um but yeah, going on walks, our dog is in a wheelchair so she's got a, a degenerative disease, but so it gets a little slick for her, but um and she can't go swimming, which that she really loves. Oh,
0: so she swims. She's in she's in a wheelchair. That's so cute. sounds sounds I know what kind of dog is she yeah
1: it's adorable she's a German shepherd oh and um she has degenerative myelopathy so she's paraplegic um and I've just started to make some dietary changes to her just to help with her anxiety and stuff and which I don't know why I didn't think about that sooner because that's what we do and I was like well I have to start investigating the ideal diet for dogs because you know it's mostly anxiety she doesn't have a lot of pain but she's got a lot of anxiety so that has really been helping shifting that around and yeah in the summer she can swim because her her front legs work and most dogs swim with their front legs so she does a lot of swimming which is awesome.
0: Oh, that's beautiful.
1: We just got to get it through the winter. <laughs> that's
0: Oh, that's lovely that she's being so well cared for. That's really really yeah. special. Yeah. Thanks, beautiful. Thanks. So I guess with most people who come on the show we like to start at the start. And and what I mean by that is I, I almost don't mean the just the diagnosis, but like I, I know for many of us, and I don't know I don't know if you're the same, but the start can be like in childhood, how you ate, what what, what little signpost along the way that you may reflect upon now and say, hey, yeah, that probably now that I am where I'm at, I can see that there were things along the way that were little red flags that I was heading towards a diagnosis, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. And and I don't know if you are familiar with Wisconsin, but we like our cheese here. So it's like a cheese state. We have cheese. If you talk about not eating cheese, people look at you sideways. Like cheese is a big deal here. But personally, growing up on a farm, um, we had fresh vegetables. We ate pretty well, probably better than the average American diet. I think when my uh problem with diet started was when I left home and I had all this freedom to um I mean not that we we had T V dinners, we had that processed stuff too, and mac and cheese and you know, all that kind of stuff. But when when I left the house, that was when I was like, ooh, I can eat all of this stuff that I could never eat before and I could eat as much as I want. I think that's when my bad habits really started. And that's probably when my health, I think I had a strong foundation actually from childhood. And and that's, a, that's why I got as far as I did. And I'm the one that actually screwed it up when I became, you know, a young adult.
0: What you're saying, I feel like it needs a whole, a lot more... Education for high school, like for we call it high school Kia. Um, I think you have a different name for your bit. But for me, I think many guests on this show, that's when things really start to go pear shaped, is when they move out of home and they're like, oh, I could actually have like a bag of candy for tea. <laughs> you know, I could, right, right. I, I, I can eat all the donuts that I want, I can do whatever I want. And I feel like there's not enough kind of prep preparation for young people that yes you can do that when you move out of your parents home but should you but doesn't mean you should
1: yeah, yeah exactly and I've heard I think it was Ryan Reynolds I heard say once the best thing about being an adult is I can have candy whenever I want <sighs> and it's so true you do have this newfound freedom as an adult you can make all these choices you don't have curfews you I mean with not just food but your sleep patterns and mm. you know your social life and you, you can just uh, I had pretty strict parents so when I got out of the house it was like this whole new world of freedom and I screwed it up a lot
0: yeah same same so many late nights <laughs> so many late nights yes yes late nights So I wasn't mean, even late nights they were like you just did not sleep at night <laughs> and then you would guy would go to sleep at 5 a.m
1: oh absolutely yep that was me I was I stayed up late, slept in. I was not consistent with any type of sleep pattern. I ate at all different times. I did drive through. I did McDonald's a lot. I mean, gosh, I haven't been to McDonald's in years now, but I did that on a regular basis. I can't even believe it. But and I thought I was healthy. You know, I mean, I would I would gain weight like most people around that age, you know, the freshman 15 or the freshman 30 and I would go on kicks at the gym and I'd lose it for a wedding or I it was easy when you're young I mean it's easy to just lose it with some fad diet but then it would always come back and you know when I would be eating healthy I would be eating diet coke and fiber one bars that's what I thought was healthy back then you know I mean now I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch either of those things but but I thought I have good genes I'm I, I and I did I got away with it for a long time your body perseveres until all of a sudden it doesn't
0: yeah and so, when did it start? Like what were the first signs? Apart, aside from like the what yo-yo kind of weight gain, weight loss, were there any other things you you started to notice along the way?
1: You know, for me, my my big health journey started in it was the fall of 2011, and you know, I like I said, I had gone on for years. I was I was 36 then, and I had gone on for years thinking I was, I was eating healthy, thinking I was, you know, on the right track. And I was every once in a while, um, but nothing ever stuck. And I would, I would make excuses. Like I would say, oh, I'd, well, I'd rather, uh, you know, die fat and happy than be skinny and miserable and, you know, silly things like that, that now I look back and gosh, I think that's just so silly to even say that stuff, but we like to make excuses for our, our bad decisions really, because we don't want to feel bad about the choices we make Um, but for me, um, I think looking back on it, um, so the fall of 2011, um, I was living in Nashville at the time and Tennessee. And, um, I have a brother, I have five brothers, but one of them lives out in Hong Kong and he got really sick, um, from a hospital visit, uh, like, uh, like almost died sick, so it was without getting into too much detail about that because that's really his story, um, but he suffered some major life threatening complications and I went out to care for him, and I was probably out there four to six weeks and I was engaged at the time, and that relationship was kind of on the rocks and um I went out to care for him and it was it was pretty uh stressful and it was emotional and I mean, I was really close to my brother and I was really scared. I mean, seeing him so, so close to um, not surviving was scary. And I mean, it it has a happy ending. He survived and gosh, you'd never, you'd never know he was ever that close to death because he's just, he's doing great. But I came back from that and you know hours after i got off the plane i had split from my fiance which was my third fiance so there's a lot of stuff there you know and uh so we split about you know maybe an hour after i got off the plane after this big long trip with my brother to help him through his healing process and uh and i was just emotionally spent so we broke up i i s- scattered to get a job because i now i had been gone for 6 weeks i had closed my business and so i had a what was i going to do and i got a job and then i i started in you know a few days so I was like I need sleep so I slept for like 48 hours and I woke up I started this job and and then I was like what am I doing here like why am I here my family's back in Wisconsin I'm emotionally just totally drained I got I got to go back so it, probably within 2 weeks I the U-haul was packed up and I was driving back to Wisconsin and that's where my support system was and and uh, I started getting this ringing in my ears, and I thought maybe it was from the flight, the long flight back from Hong Kong. And so I didn't think much of it. But looking back, I can see my health was slowly starting to decline at that point. And um, I spent, uh, I did a my yoga teacher training over in Thailand. And I think even then I was like, I needed that um, that part of my life, that the yoga, the relax, there was the stress relieving stuff I needed. I needed that, but I didn't really know that at the time. But I I was subconsciously kind of seeking that stuff out. But meanwhile, it it just wasn't enough. My health was still declining. By the next summer, I was having a lot of fatigue. Like I would have 20 minutes in between clients, and I would go out to the car and sleep. And I was depressed. Um, I was having pain through my legs. Uh, I started depression medication. And the ringing in my ears was still happening. Uh, So I went to... Uh, get my hearing checked, and they found a cookie bite, a low-frequency cookie bite hearing loss, which is, they're like, oh, that's something you're usually either born with, or, you know, maybe maybe there's something going on from an ENT standpoint. So the hearing specialist sent me to the ENT doc. He said, well, you're all, you're all clear from an ENT standpoint, but maybe there's a tumor or something. So he sent me to the MRI, for an MRI to a neurologist. They ran that and did some lab work, and it came back to came back with that I had white lesions and that I had hypothyroid my t s h was really high, so they wanted to monitor the t s h and the neurologist started talking about m s and he wanted to do a spinal tap, and at the time, I was like, well, I don't have m s like I'm just tired, you know i'm tired, I'm having some pain, but I'm just it's not MS. I was like, I'm not doing a spinal tap. I just, just I thought it was kind of silly at the time. So, he said, Well, okay, I guess you could come back in a year and do another MRI and we'll check on it. And meanwhile, we monitor the thyroid, right? So, we um, monitored the thyroid every 30 days, and it kept coming down on its own. And then I went to an endocrinologist, and and right away she put me on meds. And I said, Well, it's been tr- it's been coming down, and it doesn't matter. You have these antibodies. And I, I want you on meds. So I went on meds because the doctor said I should. So I did, you know, hindsight, I probably would have never gone on the meds, but at the time I did. And, you know, I was feeling okay around the same time as when I met Mike, my current husband, he's nine years younger than me. And we just fell in love instantly. Right. And, and the first night we met, I was like, you know, do you want to have kids? And he, cause I'm 37 now and he's like, yeah, I want to have kids. And I was like, well, we better get, we better get hopping because you know, my biological clock is ticking. I'm no spring chicken and you know, let's get moving, you know? So we got married less than three months later. And, and I've always been told by my family, like, you be careful. We are all fertile women in this family and you be careful about getting pregnant, you know? So I never, the idea of having any sort of Problem getting pregnant or having kids just was not even on my radar. I mean, family's very healthy. We never, ha- I mean, health issues were just never even a concern for us. So, in 2013, I stopped birth control and we started trying to get pregnant. And we didn't get pregnant right away. But I thought, well, I've been on birth control for a while, so you know, just give it time. And by uh, July of 2014, I did get pregnant, but. But I miscarried, and at that started a series of miscarriages.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. You know, once that happens to you, though, and you start talking, you realize how many women go through that. A lot of women go through that. So that was really eye opening. Um, and I was still having pain. I started having, uh, you know, left side numbness and weakness. I, I had a drop foot on my left, on the left side and some in, intermittent peripheral vision loss and headaches and nausea and fatigue and tingling. And, and you know, a lot of times I, I would mention these things kind of in passing and, you know, people would say, well, welcome welcome to getting older, you know, you are getting older and it's harder, you know. And so I was like, really? This is, that's what happens? Like, man, this is a bummer, but okay, yeah, you know. Absolutely. So I had uh, two more miscarriages. And, and so we, then we started to go to get help from fertility docs and they started running tests on checking FSH and HCG numbers and things like that. And the first doc, my gynecologist at the time said, you're, you're premenopause. You're, you're probably not going to be able to have kids. And I mean, and I was 38, I think at the time now. And, and I was like, really? Like, you know, so then I started talking to my mom about when she went through menopause, like, is it possible that I'm going through menopause already? And, um, so I was, you know, I don't think there's much more motivating than a woman trying to have a baby. Like you will do anything like for your baby to try and have a baby. So I was, you know, I was Googling all the time and I went to the chiropractor and I went to the acupuncturist and we went to another specialist and he ran some more numbers and said, you know, your numbers just aren't it's not going to happen for you. I'm, I'm really sorry, but you're not even a candidate for in vitro. So they, you know, they weren't even going to help me. They were basically saying, you know, it's just not going to happen. There's nothing we can do. And, um, and I was, I mean, of course, devastated and felt like a failure as a woman. And my husband, who's nine years younger than me, I'm just, you know, I felt so bad for him and, But we kept trying and I went to an acupuncturist and I don't know how acupuncture works. It's like voodoo to me, but it is amazing. I just, I don't know what they do. She's looking at my tongue. She's taking my pulse and, and she says, you know, I think you might have some absorption issues, like maybe celiac, maybe you should have your doctor test you for celiac. And I said, okay. So I went to my doctor and I said, can you test me for celiac disease? And she goes, well, I can test you, but you don't have it. She's like, but fine, I'll test you, which I'm so grateful for, because a lot of doctors maybe wouldn't have even tested. So I'm so grateful that she did that. And it came back positive. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the doctor, she was almost kind of excited, like, oh, I've never had a patient that this came back positive for when we're in a small town, right? And she's like, so this is, you know, try going off gluten, see what happens. She was really excited for <laughs> me, you know? So it was really sweet. And, and so I, I went gluten-free in August of 2014. And within days, my headaches were gone. I had nor- normal bowel movements, which I didn't even realize I was having abnormal bowel movements.
0: It's just it's so fascinating because I was similar where I was like, Oh, this was normal for me. This way of going to the bathroom, which I didn't enjoy, it was wasn't fun. It was just (laughs) uncomfortable and all these, all of these things. But it was just my normal. So then, when you start doing regular bowel movements, and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, Ah, (laughs) uh aha, this this is what other people do."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so true. So I was feeling. I was already just feeling better, you know, and and of course, maybe I'm like, well, maybe there's a little placebo. I'm excited. By October, I had lost ten pounds. I wasn't even trying, and by November, I was pregnant again and uh, And this one stuck. It was healthy pregnancy, no complications had uh, a natural pregnancy or natural childbirth. So July of two thousand and fifteen and she was born, and I mean, so, so grateful and you know, making that transition to gluten free was was challenging. Because eating is such a, it was such a connecting uh, thing for my husband and I and and socially, it's so challenging to shift, you know, especially because my my husband is, I mean, the way I eat now and the way I ate when I met him, I think he feels a little like bait and switch. Because (laughs) when we met, I was like drinking beer and eating chicken wings. And he's like, what happened? What, you know? So, (laughs) and he's been so great through the whole thing. But it definitely has been It has had its challenges, you know? Yes,
0: for for sure. Every single person on the show, I think, at this beginning when you're starting out and you've been eating, you know, like you say, beer and chicken wings or, for me, just any random shit, (laughs) any... (laughs) We loved going to get sushi and then we'd go and get like Thai and dumplings and all these things and have these big dinners where we would just go into the city and just eat, like eat. Yes. We would just go in there to uh, eat so and now great. I can't eat any of those things.
1: Right. And there is a little grieving process, I think, that happens along the way.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I get it when people say, well, I could never do that. I could never eat like you. I would I would be miserable you know, you got to live a little kind of that kind of thing. And and the funny thing is, when people say that, I, I feel like I've never been more alive. But I get it because I've been there too. You know, I've been there like, Oh, well, yeah, she looks great. But I could never do that. You know that uh, you got to live a little kind of attitude. I, I totally I totally connect with that. So it's, it's just, and it's a really lonely place to be. I'm sure you can relate when you're dealing with your own health and trying to figure it out and trying to make changes that affect your social dynamic and your your connections, your sense of security and belonging to the people that you're closest to is a really lonely place.
0: It is. It's a really lonely place. I kept smoking for probably four years, longer than I would have, just because I was like, well, I've dished all these food things. I've had to I've had to cut out all these foods. How will my friends relate to me? I'm gonna keep smoking so I have at least something. Even though that's yes. so, there's not it's illogical, but because I, I was I trying to though. do things get, for my health, yeah. but I just was, I just thought if I don't can't eat chocolate and cake, and if I can't eat all these things, I'm keeping smoking because no one will want to hang out with me. Who will want to <laughs> hang out with this health, yeah. healthy person drinking green tea and you know, right, right, that's interesting. not doing anything fun.
1: That's so interesting that you hung on to that. I get it though, I get it. So I had Sayla. She's she's my daughter. She's five now.
0: And congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Congratulations. My high love, happy endings. So I love that that you got your daughter in the end.
1: I got her, and I got a son. So I got pregnant again. Well, he's he's uh, nineteen months younger than her, so pretty quick. And again, no problems or anything. And but I still wasn't feeling good. And and people would tell me, well, you know, you're in your forties now. I mean, my daughter was born five, three days after I turned 40. So, you know, it's hard on the body having, having kids and you're, you're a, a geriatric pregnancy, which of course I loved <laughs> hearing that. So I, uh, I still wasn't, wasn't feeling good. And I, I started having the muscle rigidity. I started having just tingling sensations again, some weird nerve pains. And I mean, all I have to look back at my notes because once you don't have these symptoms anymore, you kind of forget that they even were there. Um, but eye twitches, um, I'm fatigued doing simple things. Like I remember being in the shower, washing my hair and my arms would get so tired. And then the one big thing that really freaked me out was I was putting a dress on my daughter and she wanted um, me to tie the bow in the back. And so I started tying it and I couldn't, I couldn't tie it. And I just wasn't, I didn't know what to do. It wasn't, I, it was like my brain just was not working. And so I actually had, she's like, mom, what's taking you so long? And I was like, can you lie down on your stomach? Cause I'm thinking maybe if it's like, I'm tying my shoe, I get a different angle. It'll come to me kind of thing. And, and I did get it tied, maybe five minutes later, but it, it I tied it a few times, and I just failed. And I, I was, just, it was like, concerning. I mean, that was a little more brain fog than like, I mean, everybody gets that brain fog where you for, forget what, you know, I, Oh, I put my keys in the freezer or, you know, something silly like that. But I was having stuff that was a little more alarming. So my, my symptoms were neurological. And, I didn't have explosive symptoms, you know, but I I had these building symptoms, and so I did finally decide to go back to the doc, and she brought up MS again, and I never did go back to get that MRI that they suggested. So now years have passed, I think maybe five years, and um, so she sent me back to the neurologist to get um, the follow up MRI, and that did show progress in the lesions. Um, and so he wanted to do a spinal tap this time. So I did go through with the spinal tap and they, they did conclude that I, I did meet the McDonald's criteria for an early stage MS diagnosis. So, um, he said, you know, we have the best success if we put you on met, like, you know, hit it hard and hit it early kind of is what he said with the meds. And I now having been through this, you know this experience with the fertility and really impacted me like i didn't re- if I hadn't gone through it, I don't know if I would have believed that making a dietary change could could increase your fertility or could fix this huge problem for us you know so i said well i I would rather you know can I try some other things first and he said, "Okay, well, I'd like to do another one in in six months then so Um, so I, you know, I hit Google, I started doing research and of course I, I ran across Roy Swank, which I know you're familiar with and, uh, Pam Popper and Dean Ornish and Neil Barnard and, um, Colin T. Campbell and the China study, all this stuff. And, and, you know, just went down all these wormholes and, really decided I'm going to, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to cut out dairy. I'm going to cut out gluten. I already had cut out gluten. I'm going to cut out oil. Um, I didn't cut out meat completely, but I, I reduced it dramatically to like one or two times a week, maybe. Um, and I reduced alcohol. Uh, and so a lot of interesting things happened. My symptoms went away that I didn't even know were, You know, I've had dry eyes all of my life that went away. Headaches went away. Um, My skin cleared up. Um, I've always had bad skin. And so, and my cholesterol dropped 50 points. Oh, great. And I mean, just, I mean, so I I was blown away by how all of my symptoms went away. My drop went away. The tingling went away. The nerve pain went away. Everything, everything went away. And so I went back for my, my MRI six months. This time I listened and went back in six months and got the follow-up MRI. <laughs> and it was stable. And the neurologist said, basically, um he undiagnosed me with it and said, well, you know, maybe you didn't have it after all. And uh so I don't care if I had it or not. I was just happy that my problem was solved, right? And and I have now my most recent venture was like to try and get off of my thyroid medication, which I had been, I was on 186 at the high point. I was at 186 micrograms. And, and I thought, well, that's the only thing I have left. I'm going to try and get off of that too. And, and even uh, a lot of people just didn't think that was possible, but I did stop those meds in, in July. And I have had, it's been a a complete non-issue to the point where I just got so confident that I kind of, let things slip a little bit started eating things that I know aren't good and you know what those symptoms came back and and I remember seeing S- S- Sarai Stancic talk and and I think you know she's she's got a really inspiring her story was really inspiring to me about how she manages her MS
0: with diet and I have to get her on the podcast oh actually. yes I, I mean I have to. I've been trying I have you have tried but I mean I'm this cal- calendar is colliding, so I'm going to try again.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I bump I saw her talk at um, one of Pam Popper's health conferences a couple years ago, and and I had just read her story, and I actually bumped into her in the elevator, and so I was a little. I w- I mean, I don't usually get starstruck, but she's like my little doctor crush. So I was like, oh, oh, I I your your story's so inspiring, and I'm doing this, and and my MS is like gone away, and it's you know. And, and she was so encouraging and sweet and wonderful. And, but I remember she gave me this look and I remember thinking, I don't know what this look means, but I think I'm going to know someday. And, and one of the things she said in her talk was if I don't make these decisions, my MS comes back. So it's not that you get rid of it. It's that you learn how to manage it. And, and I, and that's what recently happened to me is I, I kind of just, I slacked off and I, cause there's no guarantee that the next time you'll be able to get rid of those symptoms. There's no guarantee. And, and I, and that look now, when I think back at it, that look was, she was happy for me, but she, I think it was that I hadn't gone through that part of it yet. And she knew that and, and kind of like your journey's not over. And, And, you know, you see that look and you're like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to know, I'm going to figure that out one day. And, and that's exactly what happened is some symptoms came back and a new one came back, which was like this burning sensation in, in one of my legs. And I was like, oh, that's it. I can't, I can't do that again. And it is true, you know, but you have these little voices like, oh, the doctor says maybe it was a mistake. They didn't even think I ever had it. So then you kind of start to doubt yourself. And the fact of the matter, it doesn't, I think there's a part of us that, that wants just to to be right and to know that, you know, I did I did do this, you know, I because it, it's a lot of work.
0: It's a, it's lot, a lot of work, of work. and I, and it's hard. Like when you said that about your doctor, your doctor is is, is, is is and you know, I've had a similar thing with my with my neurologist back in the day, but. When they tell you, oh, you know, maybe it's just going to be that way. Maybe you're going to have benign MS. Maybe you're going to have one lot of symptoms and then it was going to never happen again. And you're thinking, well, I think that's because I changed my diet. And they're saying, no, 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 there's no no science to diet. you you're just a fluke and anomaly, and there's no reason. Just eat whatever you want. That's what happened to me. So, sorry to all my listeners who've heard me say this over and over again, but he just kept saying, eat whatever you want. There's no science that's telling you why you're having relapses and why you're not. It just is what it is. We don't know. We can't predict the frequency, severity of, t- of attacks, all of those things. Then you do think, oh, Okay, well, maybe it isn't what I'm doing, even though you're working so hard. And it does make you just think, oh, well, I trust them. They know. I don't know. And it diminishes your own self-confidence until, until you experience it. For me, I had to experience it, get healthy, change my diet, get healthy. I'd go to him. He'd say, eat whatever you want. And then I'd fall off the wagon because I'd be like, well, I don't want to eat. Like this, I want to eat deep fried food. I want, I want (laughs) to eat chips, and I want to yeah, right, right. And so then I would dip, and my symptoms would all return. And then I would change again with diet, and I get healthy again. But every year or six months, I'd have to go to him, and he keeps saying, "Don't bother." And my mum would say, "Yeah, baby, you already got MS. You know, just eat whatever you want because your parents don't want you suffering, and they know that the diet's super hard to maintain." So my mum and dad would always say, "Baby, just have whatever you want. You know, just have whatever you want." And I'd think, "All right." And I did that yo-yo flip between eating healthy and having my lesions reduce and my symptoms reduce. And then Kim telling me, "It's not you doing it. Don't worry. That was always going to happen." So eat whatever you right, want, right? Right. And I did that over and over again until 2008, when I woke up and I couldn't feel my legs. And he just said, "You just this is it. You're going to get sicker and sicker until you die. This is what." You have to take your meds, and this is this is the only outcome for you is take the medication, and we'll do our best. And I just said, I'm am never coming back to you. <laughs> like I'm never going back. Say that? To, yeah, I, I just no, I didn't. In my mind, I said, I'm never coming oh. back to you because you're you're the thing that is actually making me sicker and sicker. Like right. visiting you and having my hope ripped away every six months is making me sicker and sicker. Yeah. When I'm by myself, eating healthy. I get healthier and healthier, and I left and never went back. And I, I've only got healthier and healthier.
1: Yeah, good for you.
0: I wouldn't now. Everyone listening, I'm not saying don't engage with your neurologist, but for me, (laughs) for me, I felt like the power of his words combined with the message of his words, which were to me after all the reading that you do with all Dr Ornish, Dr Clapper, Dr. Esselstyn, Doctor, you know Doug Lyle, Doctor, all these doctors and Pam Popper and all those people. You just the message is clear as clear can be. It's crystal clear what you put into your body. Of course, it is is having an impact. So I I just knew.
1: And there is science. There is there science. Is science. To, I mean, there is not a you know the study that doctors are used to looking at with people with MS and this kind of MS doing, I mean, it, the studies that they're used to looking at, there's not that, but there is clearly evidence that the ideal diet for the the optimal functioning of your body, that evidence exists, but it's, yeah, I, I can still relate to that. And, and that is part of the reason, those things that you're saying, it's part of the reason why it is so lonely for people when they're first going through that. And I just, my heart goes out to those people because I've been there and even the the people you love the most and are closest to you, if it's not something that they've, and I, I wouldn't have been able like I said, if somebody would have told me the story of what I've been through, I I wouldn't have been able to connect to that at certain points in my life. And I'm grateful to, to have gone through it because, and I think I heard this on another one of your podcasts, but the impact that it's going to have on my children's health just Having gone through this experience, I, I I'm really grateful for that.
0: Same, same. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to apologize. It's a, it really is emotional because you do When you're a parent, you know the last thing you want to do is play a role in in harming these beautiful, healthy bodies that came, came oh, into the world. Oh, these bodies are
1: so beautiful. These oh my gosh, they're just so perfect, you know? And,
0: yeah.
1: and I just love it when my, you know, I learn things from them now when I eat and I was eating a carrot not long ago and my daughter's eating a carrot and, and she just eats the whole thing. And I was like, oh, what did you do with the little numb at the end? She's like, well, what do you mean? I ate it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I, I, sh- I shouldn't do that too. You know, like, so she's teaching me things. It's like, You can eat the whole apple. You don't even have to throw out any of it. You can eat all of it except for the little stem. You know, you could probably eat that too. But it's interesting because you you learn, you just learn things from them. and, And to see them embracing this food that I didn't, you know, I would hide that stuff. I'd spit it out in my milk at the dinner table and then go to the bathroom and dump it out, you know, I mean, and they, and they eat it. They even ask for it sometimes. And I it just, I mean, gosh, if there's one thing I can do right as a parent is to teach them just these, these healthy habits. I, I'm just grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Well, my husband and I, we were both like sick kids that got sick, you know, got sick a fair bit. And we were kids that carried excess weight. And so seeing our two sons, like they're perfect you know body weight which not to shame anyone who's who's not but for right. us we knew what it was like to have to wear a t-shirt to the pool and feel uncomfortable playing in our bodies to feel self-conscious when we were playing sport and to give up on doing those things because we were just embarrassed or uncomfortable yeah. or we were getting you know chafing or those kinds of things and our kids have never had that experience my kids I think they've had I think one kid's had antibiotics may- maybe ever and wow. never had any kind of anything. Like never had – Iggy had some earache, t- two, two earaches, and it was just that he was growing, getting too much um, earwax. Okay, yeah. Like he was just getting too, like blocked up with earwax. But, I mean, other than that, they've had nothing. And, like, I I went to get – a referral to a psychologist during lockdown here just to have some family kind of therapy for it. my youngest son had some kind of he just get, get a bit explosive with his anger sometimes and I just thought <laughs> let's just nip this in the bud you know I don't want yeah him to go to primary school and be screaming at everyone <laughs> and she's she said I'll just get a referral from your GP and I went to the I went by like, racking my brain going oh Theo doesn't have a GP like, he's never He's never been, he's never, he's five and he'd never been sick. And I was thinking, oh, (laughs) I'd never had to go. You know, he just didn't have a GP. So it was just, that was to me going like, oh, I would have had so many appointments. My husband as well. We would never, we would have had a GP from forever and he's just never been, been sick. And that's, that's a gift that you can give your kids when they're never, never sick.
1: Yes. That's amazing. How old are your kids now?
0: So still five and nine. Okay. um, Yeah, nine. Ten this, ten, oh, ten and six this year. So, pri- primary school—they're starting. The littlest ones going off to leave the nest this year. So, I'm a little bit. Oh,
1: that's exciting! I know. I'm
0: a little bit yeah, nervous. bittersweet. Bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. In lots of ways, just to get some more time to do my work and things like that. I'm sad because he's my my husband. Today, you know, can we have one more? And he said, <laughs> and he went, "You know." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, our our youngest is going to be going next fall, so we'll be in that same
0: same oh. boat. It is
1: exciting, but. Yeah, bittersweet,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm just concerned about all the little things he does that's super cute that other kids in school will kind of bully out of you, you know. They don't bully them out of you, but mm. little words he says wrong that I love that he says wrong and little... Oh,
1: my gosh, that's so funny. We were just talking about that because um, when they stop saying something, you get a little sad. And our son, stops saying he used to say... Waves for waves? Waves. And and I was like, my husband came home and I go, Mike, it happened. He doesn't say waves anymore. And he's like, What? He goes, Cable. What are those? He points out to the water and he goes, Waves. And he goes, No. And then he points my husband goes, points to the trees and he goes, What are those in the trees? He goes, Levas. He's like, Oh yay! <laughs> I still say Levas. Oh. So it's like I totally get that though. Those little things, it's like Part of you wants to teach them the correct way to say it, but then part of it's like, Oh no, I like the way you say it.
0: Yes, I know. Same. So that's the, they're the things that I'm nervous about. Him losing the little baby things. You know, he's yeah. losing all the little baby things. But he can't be a baby forever. Yeah.
1: And every stage just keeps getting better, doesn't it? It
0: does. It totally does. He learned to ride a bike yesterday, so today he's super psyched.
1: What did he oh he got a new bike, did you say?
0: He learned to ride. We never, oh, we hadn't taught him to ride that's a bike. Oh, so, yeah, he's super psyched. Like he was loved balance bikes, but then I don't know, things happened, and we just never got to teach him to ride. So yesterday, he nailed it, and it was really, really. It's, he's just super happy. Yeah, very cool. It, it's cute. It's cute. So like you have gone through so much, and so now your thyroid, are you off all thyroid medication? I'm
1: off my thyroid. I'm off of every. I'm off of medications. I don't take any vitamins, supplements, anything. I just eat good food. And, of course, I'm still working on good sleep and, you know, consistent exercise and nurturing my relationships. And, you know, there's, there's always stuff to work there's on, always, right?
0: I always think of it like plate spinning. You know, you, you're like nailing diet and then you look back and your like, sleep's just smashed to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for me too. And there's been guests on the show, so many guests talking about sleep and why I should get better at sleep. And I, I am this year, I have gotten a lot better, and last year a bit. But I still, I think when you have young kids, because you're like, once they, yeah, they get to sleep at eight thirty, nine o'clock, and you think, ooh, I'm gonna have two hours to just. You have to stay up and
1: do your own thing. Yes, yes. And
0: then it's eleven thirty or something and you wish that you'd gone to bed with the babies. But you say, Well, if I go to bed with the babies, all my life is just babies.
1: (laughs) Right. That's exactly what we're going through. And, you know, or they're still crawl in bed with you early in the morning once in a while. And it's like, you know, you kinda with the youngest especially, you kinda want to hold on to those little cuddles and that stuff. But yeah, my husband and I do the same thing. It's like, oh, they're in bed. Let's let's hang out. And it's like, well, we're tired, but no, we have to hang out. But no, we don't. We could go to sleep. We could. And we probably should. But yes, I've been talking I've been reading a lot on sleep lately too, because that is definitely an area that I need to work on more. And it's so, so, so important.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad I'm really glad that you I think the one of the first guests actually to talk about that like in relationship to sleep, but you talk about that when you're going along okay for a bit and you think, I can now start introducing uh-huh. foods that I've eliminated and then notice yeah. the symptoms return because that is for many of us and for me too, when I got to, I think it was a certain amount of years where I was thinking I'm, I'm, I'm just a healthy person and then I'd start thinking I can add in more vegan junk food or whatever and then having those symptoms come back. and it yes. It is something that I think many, many people listening who might be at the start of their journey may not know that this isn't this isn't the cure of MS. I still have it and I manage it with, you know, that was a great right. thing that you said, you manage it with these choices that we make at every meal. Right, right. And with our sleep and with, you know, exercise and relaxation and meditation and those things, manage it. But for me, I know if I stop and went back to the old way, I say to my kids when they're complaining, I said, they don't complain very often but when they're saying you know we really want a donut and we said you know you, I know you do <laughs> I know <laughs> because the kids at school have donuts and snacks and they'll say yes I just want to try one I want to have this I want to have that and I say look you know I'm not super strict with them like I'm pretty that 95 they're 95 and there's five a little window of yeah. five cuz I just am paranoid that they'll rebel Really badly when yes, they're a teenager. If we, I agree. If we're super, super strict with them, but I just say like, you can eat them. And but they really notice when you put it in. You feel different. You know, you feel different when you have a donut. Like, I made a whole food, plant based chocolate self sourcing pudding. So there was like it was all legit, fine. You know, according to you know, you could get it in a forks over nice cookbook. But that yeah. much, that much sweetener and that much flour, and there was it had peanut butter in it and. I just felt yuck. Like I felt yeah. so yuck. And their little bodies can cope. But my husband and I went like, we had guests over and they weren't vegan. And so we thought, what are the good things we can make that well? Yeah, right. <laughs> so we made them a pie and roast veggies and we made this pudding. And I felt like I felt sick. And I just said to my kids, you know, you need to feel the feeling of what these foods feel like in your body. Because like I didn't know. I didn't know how badly I felt. I just thought I just felt bad all the time.
1: Isn't that amazing? The cleaner you get, the more sensitive you get. The and it does become easier. I I, re- I remember vividly the first time I said no to cake at a party, and you know one of my friends had said, "Oh, you can have a piece of cake. You've been you've been doing so good. You can get, and I you know what well, you deserve it. You should have it." And and I was like, "No, actually, I just I just don't want it." You know, I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't, you know, those, those neural pathways, right? They get, they get cleared out and those decisions get easier and easier to make because, because of the way you feel, you get that positive reinforcement. It sometimes takes a while. And, you know, my daughter, my daughter can, she can eat anything and, and we do let them eat stuff now that they're in school age. And we, we let them for that same reason, we don't want them to leave the house and then just go off the deep end. Right. So we try to manage it, but there's a balance we're still trying to find, but she can eat anything. I mean, you can tell she gets wired and crashes and you can tell that way. But my, my son, he's more like me and, and we think he might, he might have a gluten intolerance or maybe have celiac as well. Um, but there, you know, there's not accurate testing really for his age. So we've experimented you know he has it when he goes to grandma's or he has it and then he'll get a belly ache and i mean he's really in tune the kids are really in tune to that and and uh and it was funny cuz one day he came he was at my mom's for the afternoon and then that evening he had to go to the bath he's like having about to have explosive diarrhea, you know, and he's like, mom, I have to go to the bathroom, you know? And I, I'm like, okay, okay. I, I, you know, I'm carrying him into the bathroom. And I was like, you know, what, what, where's this coming from? What happened? He's like, he calls my mom, Lulu. He goes, Lulu fed me gluten. (laughs) (laughs) He's like three at the time. And I was like, what three-year-old says that or has even that kind of awareness, you know? But, so that's really interesting to watch, you know? Um, and just to see them figure it out, they're making the connections themselves. So that's really fun.
0: I think it's a great dialogue for young kids to have, you know, to have that awareness. Because, you know, yeah, Theo had, he wanted the chemist jelly. At our chemist pharmacies, they have, that, do you call them chemist drugs? Drugstores. Drug
1: oh, drugstores. Yep.
0: At our drugstores, they sell candy at the counter. I don't know about if I don't recall if yours yep. do, but candy at the counter. Yes, they do. And yeah. so ridiculous. Like you're here to get better, but here, make make yourself sick at the same time so that you can come right. back and buy more of our drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they had these jelly beans. They had the, the little beans that look like a okay. bean and they're colorful. Do you have them? At, at yeah, them? jelly bellies. Yeah, like jelly? jelly bellies. But these ones aren't okay. jelly bellies, but they're the same, bigger, bright, colorful, sugar. Gelatin, but well, they don't actually yes. have gelatin in them. They were vegan. So he wanted them. And one day I said, Sure, you can have this little pack that can share it in the back of the car. And like he got a headache straight away from eating them. And so now he's like, wow. Never having jelly beans again, Mum. They gave me a headache.
1: Isn't that interesting? And isn't that great that they can make that decision? Like, I mean, our, my kids have actually said no to stuff like that too. Now it doesn't happen very often, yeah. but they do remember. Well, the
0: eldest had no problems with it. He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> hey. I'm not saying it works every time. But right,
1: right, but those, you got to take the wins when you have yeah, them. Yeah, right? I like yeah. that you noticed
0: that his body felt different in that moment. Yeah, I just I'd didn't love notice that. that until I was 25. You know, 26, Oh my gosh, 27,
1: I know. Well, it's hard to notice when your body's so full of junk how do you notice that there's a little more, jo- I mean, you just don't notice. And that, that comes up. I do you have this experience where, you know, you'll talk to people about, cause I get excited about it. So I, I, but I have to be careful who I talk to about it because some people just don't want to talk about health stuff and they don't, you know, so, and I try to respect where everybody's at in their own journey. I've had people say, well, I don't want to eat clean cause then I'll develop a sensitivity to something. And I I guess I I don't think that
0: that's the case. I feel like you're... you're, um... I actually have had that, friends saying It's really funny. People saying oh, before you were, you know, before when I was cool and I could eat whatever I wanted. And now everything makes me feel yuck if I eat these these certain foods. And I have had friends saying I would never do that because, look, now you can't eat hardly anything because everything makes you feel sick. Right, right. I would rather not do that. But for me, it's like your car's finally working and it's telling you, no, that's not food. Right. No, it's like your your equipment's working
1: better. And so, yeah, that's so interesting. But, but I get the way that they're viewing it as well. Like, I don't, I don't want to be that way. You have to be so careful. And it's like, well, it really is like, no, my body's now, I'm learning how to interpret my body's signals. And it's, it's can give me clearer signals because it's
0: cleaner. Absolutely. There's
1: got to be a better way to explain that, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And for me, it's the little things that people don't notice, people who think that, you know, you only go to the toilet once every few days. (laughs) You know, I thought, I thought that, you know, it's it's once every few days and it's not pleasant. (laughs) It's not a pleasurable experience. (laughs) You know, Candida is normal or that you're meant to have bloating and diarrhea or you're meant to have that that's just their homeostasis and then and then you realize oh no that's that's not normal that's not aging like as you said that's just aging aging isn't a drop foot you know aging shouldn't be that you've got t- in your 30s like you you shouldn't have the tingling that all of those symptoms that you had that's not normal but for, mo- for many people it is normal That's the thing because they don't realize that their body's giving them signposts for a chronic illness. Yeah. They just think it's aging and dismiss it. And everyone keeps saying, oh, that pain, that fatigue, that tiredness. My mom, who's seen my change go from, you know, me going from being over 100 kilograms, and sick with, you know, fibromyalgia and MS and constipation and candida and depression and barely able to get out of bed and withhold a job. She's seen it, but for herself, she still says, Oh, Corinne, it's just aging. It's just aging. You know, I'm just old and I'm just, I say to her, I know, I know it's not aging because I, This is hundred and sixty six episodes, and I've interviewed people that are older than my (laughs) mum who have more energy than my mum, you know, who don't have the symptoms. And it's not that they're just blessed because they were much sicker than my mum. You know, Esther Loveridge, who was on this podcast, I don't know, she's she'd be getting close to eighty and she's so vital and alive, but she was much sicker, was like meant to have both knees replaced, was far more carrying far more weight than my mum's carrying bless wendy if she ever listens to this but i mean <laughs> i love her but it's just the mate the the story of the majority of the population is that you gain weight around your middle you 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 get sore knees you get aches and pains you get symptoms and high cholesterol you get all these things and then you just medicate them until you die you manage them with medications but it's it, that's that might be 70% of the population, but that doesn't make it normal.
1: Right, right.
0: Cuz it's not normal.
1: But it comes on little by little and people don't, don't notice. Kind of like the the you've heard the frog, the frog in the, the boiling water. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. It's a frog. You don't realize. And that's the same with the sleep. Like you don't realize that you that, that with your sleep patterns or with your that you just slowly erodes over time and you think oh gosh you know now it's going to be really hard (laughs) to go back and re start retraining yourself and forming new habits and it is that it's a rewiring of your whole neurology of this is how I well now if when we've both got MS it's even double double (laughs) double the meaning to that saying but right right But it is a rewiring of how you eat, how you sleep, how much hydration you get, how much exercise, what you do to keep yourself calm because, you know, I'm someone who's had to, you know, go on a massive journey for finding ways to calm myself down because I'm such a Frenetic kind of like en- to
1: stay busy and yeah, yeah, me too, me too,
0: energy, so like th- like you with your yoga, I had to start doing yoga and had to start meditating and had to start i learned I learned Reiki, and they were part of my things, so how what else can I do to lower this <laughs> this right, <laughs> slow this train down, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's hard at first, I remember the first time I did yoga. And cause I'm like, I need yoga. I think I need yoga, you know? And so I would start doing my sun salutation. I got halfway through the first sun salutation. I'm thinking about what groceries I need and what errands I have to do. I was like, I don't have time for this, you know, but, but that's okay. You know, when people are there, there it's a, it's a step. And really the goal is to just get movement. Right. And I think we get so excited. I mean, I can feel your excitement too, where, where it's like, Oh, you want your mom to, to feel good. Like you feel and, and have that energy and, and you know my husband is really good at reminding me of this i mean he's one of those guys that can eat he can do whatever he feels great all the time he he's just you know he's also 9 years younger than me so we'll see if that lasts but <laughs> um, but uh i which is which is wonderful but he he does a good job of reminding me when i get frustrated if i see a friend or a family member that i'm like oh gosh i know they could be in less pain i know they could be happier i just and and he says you know robin just by by doing the things you're doing, little things rub off here and there and you are making a difference for them. You don't know it and it, it may be littler than you want it to be. But, you know, that's the goal is just to help people move the needle a little bit in the right direction. And Because if you try to convince people too much, then you then they just get scared away, yeah.
0: you know? Absolutely. He's a really wise man and I have been very overtly forthcoming with my advice to people (laughs) before because it's like you've it's like you found the elixir of life and you're offering it to people and they're shoving your hand away i don't want to drink that and you're thinking why wouldn't you want to drink this thing that makes all of the bad things that are happening to you disappear why wouldn't you i'll show you how to make yummy things that are still delicious so your life doesn't suck and it's not just filled with sadness (laughs) <laughs> I promise it's not just kale, juice and misery for yes, moving yes. forward and they don't want it and they don't want it at all and they don't want to hear about it. It's really challenging and so your husband is so right and my husband was the same. You just have to be the change which is a cliche and it's so frustrating but yeah, you have but to it makes just sense. live yeah. it because people don't want it shoved in their face.
1: Right, right. Most
0: people. You know, like, yeah. I wouldn't have if someone had. If I hadn't have had multiple sclerosis and hadn't got backed into a corner, I wouldn't have wanted to know about it. I would have wanted to keep just eating what I was eating because I loved all. Oh, of it.
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. I only was I, a, a gun saying, to saying. my head saying you're going to be in a wheelchair and you're going to have a horrible time and you're going to be I unable to work and cared for by your parents. That gun was. That was that was the gun that said, "Okay, all right, I'll stop." <laughs> I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> but if that gun wasn't there, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have had it in me.
1: I mean, I've been that person that has somebody has tried to tell me. Oh, my dad and my my stepmom—they're both retired physicians, and and they made some really dramatic changes to their diets. I mean, at one point, they were just eating chopped vegetables they came to visit and i was like good thing you guys are retired because otherwise you would not have time to chop all these vegetables i mean that's all they were doing because to eat all your calories and vegetables that's a lot of calories and a lot of time and but you know i at the time i was like man that's crazy i could never do that and now i mean i'm not eating only chopped raw vegetables but but I'm grateful for that exposure even, even though – because that did get me one step closer to where I am now. All those little things. So even if somebody is brushing you off or thinks you're crazy, it, may, it might be getting them one step closer too. So
0: It, it is. I, I've been so surprised by the people who my story – people who I wouldn't expect have made the switch to plant based. Oh, interesting. Many people who I never would have expected have been the ones that have and people who I thought would definitely are the ones that have like I've been shocked that they haven't. Oh, that's interesting over and over again. It's the people that I I was I thought would because they were really close to me and they were the ones that saw the most transformation, they're the ones that have struggled the most to make the change and they've tried and they're not they just you know, they're just where they're at. But the people who I thought would never, and were always posting pictures of meat and steaks and steak for fitness and all of these things, and they're nailing it, and I I never would have picked it, and it's awesome. Wow. So that's awesome. But um, that's
1: amazing. Yeah. But the
0: people who I thought definitely, like my mom and dad, or you know, my my closest friends, who I thought would, they didn't. It's just hard because when you have families and society, your your, your social setting and all these things. It, it's a, it is a really hard thing to do, and I, I wouldn't yes. have been able to do it without having drastic consequences to not doing it. Same. Yeah, me too. So I understand where they're at. You know, They had other complicating things that were in the forefront. Changing to a plant-based diet hasn't been in the forefront, where it was slammed in my face.
1: <laughs> right. Ch- yeah, change is a lot a lot easier when not changing becomes so painful.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's such a good, good point. What a great, it's a great quote to end on. I like that. It's super true. Yay. It's super yes. true. Yes. It was so lovely chatting with you. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Now, I always say this, but I haven't said it for a while because it's been such a lockdown chaos situation. So I actually haven't done an interview for a while. And so I'm a bit rusty on the interview. So Firstly, is there any place people can follow you online to hear more from you?
1: I do have a website. It's tulawellness.space, so T-U-L-A wellness.space. And uh, I think everything you need to know about me is on there. I I think the best way to becoming somebody that helps others and doing coaching, um, health coaching and talks and workshops I feel like becoming an educator is always the best way to get your own education and keep yourself accountable. And and my whole journey is kind of what brought me to that. This whole pandemic has kind of given me a little extra time to work on getting that stuff going. So um, I just got the website up actually uh, like last month. So if you find any type, if anybody goes on it and finds any typos, please email me <laughs> or any links that don't work. I'm still, you know, it's it's brand new. So oh,
0: God. Yeah. It's, it's, websites are a work in progress. I've had like so many different variations of websites and right now it needs a complete overhaul because I just deleted a whole half of it. And then I'm just waiting on a, my web person to get back to to put content back on there because I just I didn't delete it. I put it all archived. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. Because I'm just trying to. I've done lots of new things I want to add into it, but I just haven't had the time because we've been in lockdown with kids, and then the kids are on school holidays straight away after our lockdown ended. So, I oh it's just, yeah, it's just very difficult to work from home. Work with, in progress. We Every, like kids. everything,
1: right? Yeah.
0: With kids. So, Tula Wellness space. Everyone, head over yep. there and check it out. I'm very excited. Yeah. I love hearing people you know, get this health change for themselves and then go out there and help others do the same. It's so important. And there's like 9 billion people on the planet who desperately need people like yourself out there that are passionate and committed and educated, have done the work and had the transformations. Yes.
1: Well, and I can't wait to share your, I'm so fine. uh, It's so fun that we bumped into each other on, on that Facebook page. And I just love all the stories you're telling and you're giving a voice to so many people and those people that are out there struggling and that are feeling lonely. I think it's, it's things like that that is really going to help them through. So I
0: hope so. Thank you I, for I, doing that. You're so welcome. I, I, I really hope so. Cause I just know how, you know, when you get that diagnosis and everyone around you is healthy or healthy-ish and they're all saying, you know, eat whatever you want, you're a poor you and, you know, just this just awful and you're a victim and you get people talking to you like you're a sick person. And I, I didn't want to feel like a sick person. I wanted to feel surrounded by hope and I just didn't feel like there was hope. Like all the people around me were just despairing for me and I was despairing and there was one... You know, 2004. There was one. I got one printout saying Roy Swank had this research. I didn't have a computer or a smartphone, so for me, this podcast is for all those people at 2 a.m. who are lying awake, thinking, "Yes, no one's, no one." They all say, oh, call me whenever," but they don't mean 2 a.m. They don't mean when right. you're lying awake. <laughs> thinking I can't have kids, I can't get married, I can't get a job, I may as well finish going to uni because how am I going to work in a wheelchair? Like, they're not there for a 2 a.m. freakout. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so the podcast was my like, oh, what can I do for the people at 2 a.m. who are terrified? They've just been told they have something horrible and everyone around them is going, oh, you're fucked, I feel so sorry for you, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> And you're just awake, frightened, thinking, well, maybe this one doctor and this one A4 page is right, but everyone around me is telling me probably not. So I wanted a lot of stories so that you don't, you think, okay, well, 106, not just one doctor, 160 people have done this. Right. For a lot of different things. It's not just a, a fad. It's not just a you know it's it could work, yes, yes, definitely It could work, and you can listen to them all at two a m own repeat over and over again, Yay! so that you have a friend <laughs> in your ear constantly telling you that you're not alone. perfect
1: <laughs> yeah, awesome, I love it.
0: and what would be your three biggest tips biggest tips, oh gosh, like for for just you can you can pick whatever, but I always say to make this switch, three biggest tips for making this switch
1: oh. For For making the dietary switch, yeah, um three biggest tips, oh gosh, that's a good question i well, I think letting go of judgment, just just doing doing your best, letting go of the the judgment, thinking you have to know all of it, being okay with that transitional stage, you know because there' it's hard to do all the food prep and do it's hard to learn, you know, I remember in the beginning, like I was so overwhelmed because I would be like get these cookbooks. And I'm like, I don't know what nutritional yeast is. I don't know where to find coconut aminos in the grocery store. I don't, I don't get it. And I, and I would, I would fail because I just was overwhelmed. It was a whole different way of cooking. So, you know, I got the, those transitional foods, which now are not, they're not healthy, but they're, they're, they were part of my journey, just like Diet Coke and fiber one bars weren't healthy, you know, but they were a part of my journey and that's okay. You know, they serve the purpose for the time, you know? Um, so, so giving yourself a little grace with the learning process, I think is one piece and, uh, really trying to find your network of, of people. It, it's hard because I think when people are going through this transition and, and the people they want to turn to are the ones that they're closest to. And, and have you, as you've kind of mentioned, those, those aren't Always the best people to help you through that journey sometimes it's a complete stranger, so finding local groups, Facebook groups uh you know recipe sharing groups that will teach you those little tricks, you know like uh, here's a great salad dressing that doesn 't have oil. you know there was one salad dressing that I just used forever and forever because I'm, it was my go to so finding those things and then giving that, that will buy you some time to figure out the rest. You know, <laughs> I have this salad dressing. It's going to get me through the next six months until I can figure the rest of this stuff out, you know? So Absolutely. I think, you know, finding your go-to, finding your, your, your support groups and, and being okay with the transition with your relationships, because I didn't realize this, but, but changing your diet can really affect your relationships. Cause like you said, I'm not the, I'm not the fun, crazy person I used to be. I mean, I used to be up for anything. I used to party and drink and I'd eat fried food or anything, any time of day, whatever, you know, if you want to do it, I was your girl, you know? And, and it took a while. I mean, I've literally had my cousin be like, oh yeah, back when you were fun, we'd, you know, you would do that. And, you know, just learning to be okay with that, kind of embrace it. And, you know, it would bother me and make me a little insecure at the beginning and you know now it's like yeah I did used to be more fun you know (laughs) or I just laugh about it you know and uh and it gets more and more comfortable but being patient with yourself and I, I I think I I don't know I think I'm past three I'm not really counting I'm just blabbing kind of now but but that is I think that is the hardest part there's a big learning curve
0: it is massive and i think that it's a really really great point because i think lots of people who have come on this show we talk about the struggles in relationships and social settings and it, it it just is really challenging because we're social creatures you know we you don't want to be out you know biologically wired to want to belong you know belonging keeps us safe yes and and it feels stressful yes. within us to not feel like we belong and it's such a valid point. And what I loved about what you said then is to laugh it off for me. And for many people, it's not easy to laugh it off. But that has been my kind of default. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great talking to you and meeting you. And stay, oh my stay gosh. in touch. It was great. so fun.
1: Yeah, thanks for making this my my first uh, my first podcast experience. How did
0: you find it? Your first in, of many. Oh your first my gosh, of many.
1: it was really fun, really fun, and so great to connect with you. And I just love what you're doing. And yeah, thanks for having me. It kind of all snowballed, and all of a sudden I'm here. I was like talked to you two days ago, and you're like, let's do this on Sunday. I was like. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Jump okay, off the deep end. Jump yeah. off the deep end. I have to <laughs> yeah, say, exactly. one thing I find about almost every guest on the show that I think is one of the reasons why we can do this is that we're willing to just leap. Yeah. You know, when other people are on the edge, going, "I don't think I can do it," we're all we're all people that are like, "All right." Yeah, we're yep. gonna do this terrifying thing and jump off the deep end. Here we
1: go! Yeah,
0: listen, listen to your
1: brave side. That's what we always say to my daughter. Listen to your brave side. Okay, let's do it.
0: Yeah, it's great. So it's fun. Great. Anyway, mwah, lovely to meet okay, you. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Thank you so much, Robin, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Robin at Tula Click on this link; you get taken to the show notes. There you can find her website link, her social, Facebook, Instagram, all of those things. If you want to work with her, head over to her website and book a session with her. She is just an inspiration, as you've all heard, so I know that if you hunt her down, you're going to get great results for your own health and a great accountability buddy on your own journey. Thanks so much again, all of you, for listening and supporting the podcast we only have a week and a half left of school holidays and then I'm hoping to be a bit more organised moving forward with guests, so bear with me for one more week. But I hope you have a great week and I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier day I wouldn't want it any other